So uh, welcome. It is the first Sunday. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Richie. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here at the well. And it's first Sunday. And first Sunday is family service. And we have some fun things planned uh, next door in the commons and out in the back uh, after service. And we just want to welcome you. Uh, We do have a church website, an app, church app. If you're interested in downloading that, you can see um, the younger generation and they can help you with that. Um, Information cards there, prayer request cards in the rows uh, right in front of you. Uh, We'd just love to get to know you. If you have any questions about the church, please let us know. And um, we'd be glad to spend some time with you. All right. We have a few announcements coming up into fall. Kathy, you want to come on up? This is Kathy Bodicombe. She's the ministry lead for women's ministry, and she's going to speak about the fall. Good morning. Um, I guess I'm not going up there. Um, I just wanted to let you know what uh, uh, is being offered through women's ministry, Bible studies for women. Um, There will be a few this fall. Uh, We can sign up. There is a sign-up sheet on the cart. Uh, Mondays uh, mornings are just kind of on a break for a little while, just to let you know. But again, if you're interested in joining uh, in the future, go ahead and sign up. The sign-ups are really kind of for um, newer people that would like to join. If you've already been going to a study and will continue going, your facilitator has probably gotten in touch with you already. So, But if you're newer and you'd like to join one of these studies, please sign up. So that was Mondays. Monday evenings um, are starting October 3rd, and we're studying the Sermon on the Mount uh, Tuesdays at 2 on Zoom are continuing the book of James. Hopefully that's right, Cindy. Um, Thursdays, uh, 6.30, um, studying Exodus, starting that on September 15th. Um, so um, love for you to come to join us to learn, to grow, and to give because what um, you learn uh, from the Lord teaching you about scripture is what you give that I learn as well. I want to do one other thing. Seeing Nadine with her granddaughter, I am taking a photo. <laughs> so Nadine, from one grandmother to another, love you. <laughs> All right, Matt. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Um, I've got a quick announcement about uh, life choices. Uh, They're our local pregnancy uh, resource center. Uh, They provide resources to uh, pregnant women who uh, need help uh, before birth and after. And they're having a um, a fundraiser coming up here. I believe it's on the 24th. Thank goodness that it's up on the screen. Uh, 24th. At 8.30 a.m., there's going to be registration. They make it really simple. You show up and register, and you walk. And uh, you can show support there. Uh, it's an opportunity to pray with, with everyone there and to just see what they do. So, yeah, 24th, that's what's going on there for uh, Life Choices. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan. I am the youth director here at The Well, and I have just a few youth announcements for us. First, uh, there is no Bible study this Tuesday, uh, so we will not be meeting uh, for that. And the reason is because we'll be having home group uh, at the Body Combs on Wednesday, which will, is the 7th. We'll be doing that from 6 to 8. We're going to have some food, pizza, uh, snacks, some games, be swimming in the swimming pool because I'm sure it'll be pretty hot. So, you know, come accordingly. If you have any questions, you guys can always reach out to me with that. Uh, and then a reminder, we are having our Reality Student Apologetics Conference all right, we, we're going to that. Uh, September 23rd to the 4th, so it's going to be uh, one night. We'll be staying there. Uh, the prices are going to go up again on, it looks like, the 9th. Uh, so if you want to sign up, it's 110, uh, and then it'll be 120 after that up until uh, we end up leaving. So if you have any questions about that, uh, please just contact me. We already have a bunch of students going. Uh, and I've had some people that have gone, and they said it's great. Uh, I'm really excited. So again, if you have any questions, uh, see me afterwards. And finally, uh, we do have a fall calendar uh, for you. If you want to get that, it's out on the cart. It's the next three months of what we're doing. It has all the you know, youth groups, home groups, the apologetics conference. It's all in there. Uh, so check that out. Um, and again, if you have any more questions about youth stuff, you can email me. You can you know, text me, get a hold of me after service, anything like that. So now it is um, on to Richie. 
couple opportunities uh, moving into the fall for you uh, to serve, participate actively. You know, we, we regularly say, you know, uh, if you're part of a local church, God has gifted you, whether it's a spiritual gift, talent, resource, and uh, we all have a part to play. And uh, sometimes it's up here, sometimes it's behind the scenes. You know, there's a team that gets here 8 o'clock every Sunday, and, you know, the donuts and the cheese and the coffee and everything, somehow after service, they're always there. It's because people serve faithfully, and they bless others. And uh, into the fall, we have an opportunity. A couple weeks ago, Cindy Mullins uh, came up, and she's our new director of Agape Meals. Agape Meals is a ministry where, because uh, of life circumstances, maybe it's a childbirth, maybe it's an illness, uh, where someone or a family needs meals. It's a very practical, very real way to bless others who are just kind of um, in transition or having a hard time or even just celebrating the the birth and addition of a new a new one in the home. And so we come alongside for a week or so. Uh, if you're interested and that's your gift and you would love to bless someone by making a meal, uh, please sign up and you can talk to Pastor Tyler or Cindy uh, about that. Okay, uh, Kingdom Kids, you know, um, you kind of hear from, hear from us regularly. It's an incredible ministry. Kim and Tina and her whole team do a phenomenal job. They, they absolutely love the kids here at the well. Uh, but if you've been in church any length of time, you know how hard it is to get volunteers in there. Um, you know, everyone wants to be here, and, you know, you're with your kids all week, and it's like, oh, you know. Um, but we do ask. Seriously, uh, it's a blessing. It, it's, a, it's a way to come alongside that team that loves your kids, prays for your kids. Uh, so again, pray about it. There's also, Linda does a great job with the nursery. Uh, there's all different levels. So we encourage you, really, if this is your church home, it's, a, it's an opportunity to serve and to participate and just be a part of what God is doing in some practical ways. Well, good morning. I'm going to continue through uh, our study of the letter of the Apostle Paul to Philippians. We've been in this for uh, quite some time now, and if you're joining us for the first time today... Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the believers in the city of Philippi, and we have been kind of walking through it together, and every once in a while we hit the pause button because he says something that you just can't gloss over. And as I was reading through the passage that we're going to be looking at this morning, uh, for some reason this, this memory popped into my head. I think I was uh, sixth grade, and I think I got triggered because of the Little League World Series. Right, the Little League World Series just concluded, and you know the boys from Hawaii did it. I love watching that. Just the purity of, of Little League baseball, right? And uh, I was thinking of it because back in sixth grade, uh, back in San Diego, I made, I made our, our all-star team. And uh, you know, I was going to be shortstop, and we got the all-star uniforms, and we were going to try to make it to Williamsport. Um, but something happened on, the, on that journey. Uh, for me personally, the team kept going. Uh, but we, as a family, went, went to the Philippines. And uh, I have, I'm number three of four kids. And it was very interesting because, uh, you know, both my parents are from the Philippines. And so, uh, you know, we're Filipino. Except the knock is, I don't look Filipino. You know, and, and so it was very interesting uh, to go to the Philippines where suddenly everyone... It was you, looks like you, right? Or some close to you instead of the United States. And it was very interesting to get off the plane and, you know, we're around the cousins and we're there for a few weeks, uh, but just trying to deal with not really fitting in. Like there's similarities and my cousins are there and my aunts and uncles and we're having a good time. Um, but, you know, I tend to look more Hispanic. My dad's side originally is from Spain, but he was from the Philippines, so there's a lot of Spanish in me. Um, so I'm there, you know, and I'm walking around, and you just, deep down, it's like, okay, we weren't raised speaking the native language, Tagalog, so, so I didn't really know how to speak Tagalog. And again, I didn't really look like most of my cousins, you know, and most of the time it says you have, most, growing up, I heard from my, my aunts and uncles, you have an American nose. It's the nose that, that separates me from the uh, Filipino population, general population. So we're there, and I'm trying to, to I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm enjoying it, but it, it's like this dual citizenship thing, you know? We were born and raised in the States, we go to the Philippines, and we're supposed to kind of feel like this is the homeland, the motherland, and yet while we're there, you just didn't really, didn't really fit, 
right? You were a visitor. You were just visiting, even though you kind of looked and you kind of understood and, and you grew up with some of the food here. My mom would make great food, so I understood and, and appreciated the food there. But it just didn't really fit. That wasn't home, right? And I was thinking of that. How many of you have taken a trip somewhere, right? And you just, you're trying to get comfortable, but it's just not home, right? Right? Martin, good to see you, right? It's just not home. It's just not England, right? It's just nothing, nothing, will, nothing can beat that, right? And the Apostle Paul, in this passage, he's going to give us some encouragement, some helps, because as a believer, this isn't home. And if you're turning on the news and you're trying to figure out, well, how do I, how do I navigate this? You know, how, I'm just visiting the Philippines for a few weeks, and I kind of am familiar with it. I kind of get it. But how does that translate to believers who were just on this planet for a short time? And we're going to see that, right? We're going to, I'm hoping that some of you will be encouraged by the word that came to me also was perspective. Because there is a lot happening on the globe. There is a lot happening nationally, the economy. You got the midterms coming up. You still have, you know, uh, my wife's a teacher uh, locally, and they still have COVID going through families. That's not done, right? There's still a lot happening. And so we have this dual citizenship, you know, we're, 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 we're residents of this planet, and yet we're going to see the Apostle Paul says, hey, but your citizenship is in heaven. And I'm hoping that by the end of today, you're going to navigate this. Because my guess is, if you're like me, and you try to stay up to date, and you, you do your best to take care of your family, and pay your bills, and keep everyone healthy, Sometimes life just swamps you, right? Sometimes you're just overwhelmed and all you want to do is make it through another day, pay another bill, you know. What else are you going to come up on the news? What next, right? And, and you go down this road and suddenly this truth that you're a citizen of heaven just gets pushed to the back because you're consumed with the stuff of earth, a resident on planet Earth, and you, know, you take it from Earth down to, you know, the U.S., down to Ventura County, down to Ventura, down to Ojai, down to your address, right? And so this word perspective, how do, we, how do we pan back and understand how to navigate the rest of today, okay? The, literally just the rest of today as a citizen of heaven. What's the perspective that we need? And so in Philippians 3, uh, this is what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, brothers... Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. And they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. We're going to pause there. You can leave that up for just a little bit. So last week, we looked at these, these verses, verses 17 to 19, and the apostle Paul was telling us, telling the, us, telling the, the believers, say, hey, you know what? Imitate me. And we saw in 1 Corinthians 11, really what he was saying is, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we asked a, a very kind of penetrating question. If you were to, okay, and we'll bring it up to this week, look back on the last seven days. Did you conduct yourself in such a way that you would want people, you could say, hey, imitate me as I imitated Christ this past seven days. Could you say, honestly, the last seven days, you have been an example of those who walk according to the faith? Now, we're not talking about perfection here because no one here is perfect, right? What we're talking about in general, your walk, when the, when the Bible uses the word walk, they're talking about your general lifestyle, your general conduct. So just think in general terms. This past seven days... If we had followed you around with a camera, and I said, okay, surprise, surprise, we have the Dale cam, and Dale, we followed you for seven days, bud, hidden Mike, and we're going to show Dale's last seven days. Now, Dale is like ready to crawl under the sea right now. He's like, oh my gosh, really? Right? Or we've got the Travis and Emily marriage cam. We have followed you around as a couple the last seven days. We've listened in on your conversations, and we just like to show you Travis and Emily's marriage for the last seven days, right? It's one of those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, that's right. People are watching and listening in your house 
your kids, your spouse, your neighbors, your co-workers, people. We get so, you know, it's, it's so amazing. We get like this, and we forget that people are all around us listening and watching all the time. We have to open up our perspective. Uh, I had an opportunity to do chapel over at Teen Challenge, and if any of the ladies are watching, good morning. I know some of you do. Great time, great worship, and I shared with them, you know, that even me, I sometimes around here in preparation for service, I get very tunnel vision, and I forget that people are watching and, and, and observing and listening, and, and, you know, if you're here early, what you'll often see me do is come from here, and my office is in the end of the hallway, and this is my route, and I'll do this umpteen times on a Sunday morning to make sure everything's dialed in. And a while back, I had to really stop, and the Lord really convicted me. He's like, hey, dude, people are here at 7.30, 8 o'clock to serve, and you're just so consumed with yourself and what you have to do that you're walking through the commons and you're not even saying hi to anybody. My body language was communicating I'm too busy to be disturbed. And that really, that really grieved me. And, and I had to make a change. And, and I had to, from here to there, even today, when people are in there, I have to stop. I literally stop. And I will say, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, yada, yada. And I'll make a detour into the kitchen that way, even though it adds 10 feet to my, you know, my route. Because I'm like as a crow flies kind of guy. And, and I had to be careful the point is that I forgot because I was so consumed with my agenda and getting ready to do something really good that I forgot that people are watching and listening, right? And, and really, what kind of example was I setting even before church started? The example was the pastor's too busy to be disturbed. I mean, come on, really? Like, you know, I like what Bill says, get over your bad self, right? Just... And so the Lord said, you know, okay, you got to Stop. And what you should do is role model an example, caring and just talking and taking 30 seconds to say hello to somebody. That's the deeper and better role model than just preparing for the service, right? And so we saw this last week where we really said, okay, Lord, let my life be an example, starting at home, starting at my workplace. Those that, that see me the most, that, that know me the best, that I can't put on a front, and then that ties right back into what we spent the first summer, right? Remember we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit? How many of you would, would admit that it would take a supernatural act of the Holy Spirit to live a life example? <laughs> right? It, it, it does. We're called to a supernatural life. Because if you're like me, it takes that quick to go from spirit to flesh. One text. One touchdown against UCLA. If you're not careful, right, you slide right into it. And then, be, and then really the flesh is about me. It's about me and catering to me and taking care of my needs. And I'm too busy and I'll get to you when it fits, right? And so we looked at that last Sunday. And in verse 20, we'll put this, it says, But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So he compares two groups. It says there's two groups. There's enemies of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. And he says, but that's not you. That's not us. That's not believers. But our citizenship is in heaven and then he gives us this great perspective. Really only two things. Here's the perspective. We're waiting for Jesus. Amen? We're waiting for Jesus. And then what's going to happen is we get a new body. Amen? So, okay, we got a hallelujah for the body more than Jesus, but that's okay. Right? So he says, okay, there's this group who set their mind on earthly things, who glory in their shame. Their God is their belly. Don't imitate them. Don't imitate them. And so right off the bat, you have to ask yourself, who are you hanging out with? Who's influencing you? 
what on social media, what on TV, what news channel, whatever, movies, entertainment, what are you allowing in that might be influencing you very subtly, frog in the kettle type of thing, right? He says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and he goes, whoop, hey, citizens of heaven, when was the last time you got excited about Jesus coming back? And when was the last time you got excited about a new body? See, right away he gives us two things and we're like, "Woo! yes, that's right. Because most of us will acknowledge we're citizens of heaven, but most of our prayers are like, Lord, let me get through today. He gives us this eternal perspective of Jesus coming back, new bodies, and most of the time as citizens of heaven, we're consumed with the stuff of today. Nothing wrong with that, except we don't balance out an eternal heavenly perspective. That's why I love worship. When you worship and you choose to engage in the lyrics and everything, how many of you during worship, take this the right way, you're transported to another perspective? God is on the throne. God is still God. I'm still his child. In the big picture, everything is fine. Amen? Because why? Your name is written in the book of life. Your name is written in the book of life. In the eternal perspective, all is good. Right? As a child of God, some of us just need, maybe today the message for someone here who's been like so churned up by the things that you're going through on planet earth, maybe the message for you today is it's all good. You're a citizen of heaven you're waiting for Jesus, you're going to get a new body. Amen? Some of you, there's smiles right here. You're like, that's right. That is so right. Right? Because little by little, we just get, even with the best of intentions, we get just burdened for family members, burdened for the country, burdened for the church. We, just, we start carrying all these burdens, and there's nothing wrong with them, except that if we're not careful, we lose sight of eternity. And suddenly, we're just, we lose our joy. We're just, we've just lost our joy, and we're just trying to make it through, even though we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, even though our name is written in the book of life, even though Jesus is coming back and we're getting a new body. Okay, so maybe that's the message for some today. And I was thinking about this idea, you know, he says they, they set their minds on earthly things. And I thought about right before the pandemic hit two years ago, we were, we were looking at Colossians about setting your mind. And so just, just before we jump into this, ask yourself the last seven days, what consumed your mind most? What was your mind set on the last seven days? Just... I'm not, no value judgment. I'm just, just an, it's good to take inventory once in a while. In the last seven days, were, were, were you more set, was your mind more set on the things above or the things of the earth? Just, again, no value judgment, just kind of a good inventory, right? Because Colossians says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will uh, appear with him in glory. I love the New Living Translation says this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. When was the last time you thought about the realities of heaven? Right? When was the last time you just pondered, studied? You know, years and years ago when we were still uh, renting from the Wesleyan Church, Bill did this incredible midweek series on heaven. Heaven. And as part of that, even he asked, you were allowed to ask questions, right? Remember those questions that came, right? Right? Are pets going to be in heaven? Right, and, and it was great because people got to ask questions, but then he walked us through scripture, and really, when you understand heaven, it changes things. It changes things. Because if you haven't studied heaven, a lot of people, even believers, think heaven is an eternal church service. 
You're like, really? You mean heaven's going to be like never-ending church? I could barely make it to 1130. Heaven is church? See, we get these things, and then it affects your emotions and your perspective. Yeah, I mean, or, or like what? I heard we're going to be on clouds wearing togas and playing harps. I'm like, where do you get this stuff, right? Because we don't study and ponder the realities of heaven, we're impacted daily with the things of earth. We don't have a counter to it. Okay, so I want to encourage you. There's a wonderful book, uh, Randy Alcorn's book. Randy Alcorn's book is a great start, Heaven. Great, great start there. He takes this look at heaven from a perspective that I think would challenge many of you because I, I never thought about it that way. I never, and it's, it's great. It, it, it kind of lights your fire to get there, to get there. Because I'm guessing some of you, if you haven't studied heaven, you're like, oh, remember that show? Okay, I'm going to date myself or that movie, Heaven Can Wait. How many would date yourself with me? Thank you. Back in the 70s, 70s, right? You're like, heaven can wait. Really? Why? But if we don't understand heaven, then we get consumed with the things on planet Earth, and then we're, not, we're more excited about staying here and taking the trip to Cabo than going to heaven. Like, oh, can Jesus not come back? We're supposed to go to Maui. <laughs> How many of you would be honest to say you thought that? Like, I hope Jesus, uh, come on, Jesus, can you just wait? Can you just wait? I haven't been there yet. I'd really like to get that in, Jesus, before you come back. I'm really going to like heaven, but I heard Maui's really good too, Jesus. I'm serious. It's, we, we, because, again, we don't have a balance. And as citizens of heaven, we're more anchored on this planet. And that's the apostle Paul wants to help us today. So in Colossians, it says, set your mind on things above not on things of the earth. I shared this, and, and my daughter uh, reminded me, she goes, was this the picture you showed us right before the pandemic hit? And I think it was, because I looked back in my notes. The four-eyed fish. Like, isn't God amazing? I love God's, like, just, I'm like, who thinks of these things? God, right? So this is lovingly called the four-eyed fish. Now, it's not four-eyed. He only has two eyes, but each eye has two pupils in it. This fish is a surface fish, and he can see simultaneously above and below for predators. How many of you would get a little bit stir-crazy if you could see above? <laughs> like, I have no idea how to manage this. This is like information overload, right? I love that because some of us are like four-eyed fish. You're trying to balance above heaven with the things on the earth, amen? And you kind of see them both. And you're like, Lord, how do, I, how do I swim through this today? I, I, I see heaven, and I know I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I know I'm your child, and my name's working in the book of life, but all, these, all this stuff is coming up from the ground, right? And I just love that because, again, the Apostle Paul says, you know what, maybe it's just time to take time out and pan back and just get a heavenly perspective. This is also why it's important to spend time with the Lord even before the day begins so that he, as us as the four-eyed fish, can actually give us his priorities for us. What would happen in your life if instead of uh, when you have your quiet time or whatever you want to call it in the morning, you said, Lord, can you bless this today? What if you went with a blank piece of paper and said, Lord, what is your agenda for me today? What if you let him set the priorities? Now, they might end up being the same one, maybe a different order. It's not like it's going to be not practical. But the point is, how many of us come with even a a heavenly mindset to let the Lord set your priorities for the day? It was really interesting. We tend to wake up and think the day's beginning. It's very interesting. Years and years ago, I was uh, reading something on on kind of the Hebrew timeline and how it works. And actually, the day starts at midnight. Not when we get up. So when we get up, the day and God has already been moving. If you, some of us need to, need, to, need to understand, when you get up, the idea is to say, Lord, the day has already begun. You are already moving on this planet. 
what do you want from me as I join what's already happening? Not, I'm ready to go, let's go, here's my agenda. Radically different way to view your day. You get up, the planet's already been spinning and God's been at work for hours. Maybe just quiet your heart and say, Lord, what do you want from me today? What is, what's your priority? And then if, if, if he gives you, the faith step is to actually do that. To actually make the call that you've been kicking down the road. How many of you would admit that you've got at least one thing on your to-do list that for whatever reason just keeps getting procrastinated? Anyone? Anyone? Ask the Lord where that should be on your list. And if he moves it, don't move it. If it's there and it's next in line, take a deep breath. You got the power of the Holy Spirit. Make the call. Do the homework. Whatever it is. That's submission. That's allowing him to set the agenda. That changes the focus. That changes the focus. Okay? Phil Newton says this, Your pursuit is above, that is, to be spiritual in nature. You are to be living with an eye toward eternity. But the focal point of all your life is to be him who is seated at the Father's right hand, Jesus Christ. The Christian's active pursuit in sanctification is for his life to be shaped by the life of Christ. His tongue to reflect the gracious speech of Christ and his service to be selfless like that of Christ. Last week, we spent quite a bit of time helping to understand the New Testament through the lens of uh, the historical context of the Rabbi Talmudin, right? Rabbi student. We spent a lot. I encourage you to listen to it again. Basically, back in Jesus' day, there were rabbis. And through the educational, the Jewish educational system, the cream of the crop would raise up. And if they wanted to, they would approach a rabbi and say, Rabbi, can I become a follower? And a rabbi would say to this student, in Hebrew it's called Talmudin, would say, come follow me. Sounds familiar, right? And we saw that the Talmudin would follow the rabbi everywhere. Everywhere. When the rabbi ate, the Talmudin would eat. When the rabbi slept, the Talmudin would sleep. He would never be out of earshot. Okay? The radical point of this as believers, as disciples, as followers of Christ, is that the Talmudin did not just want knowledge. He did not follow the rabbi to get the rabbi's head knowledge. A Talmudin, in his historical context, eventually wanted to be the rabbi, followed his every mannerism, ate, slept, so that one day he would be the rabbi, right? That prayer that we said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Back then, that was a prayer. They wanted to follow the rabbi so close that if he kicked up dust, I'm right there. Where are we going? And our challenge for us in the church, and I shared last Sunday, in the church, we've become knowledge heavy. We're more about knowledge acquisition than transformation and wanting to be like Jesus. That's the challenge of what I do every Sunday. I'm supposed to give you more information, a new sermon. When really some of us, and myself included, we can stay camped for a year on one verse if that's going to lead us to be more like Jesus, right? So I get it. It's tough. We, you know, all the fall Bible studies, nothing wrong with them except when we elevate knowledge acquisition over transformation. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. And so... You know, we looked at that, and, and why is this important? Because here's what Rabbi Jesus says, right? Towards the end of his life, he's before Pontius Pilate. He asked him if you're a king, right? This is what Jesus says. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. So those of us who profess to be followers of Jesus, this is what Rabbi just said. We should adopt that same thing. If you want to be like Jesus, you should say, like Rabbi, my kingdom is not of this world. 
It's just following his example. If Rabbi Jesus says, my kingdom is not of the world, then I say, as his follower, either is mine. Well, why not? Because Jesus isn't. And I'm a follower of Christ. He's my rabbi. I'm his Talmudine. I want to be like him. So if, it's, if this kingdom isn't his, if he's not of this world, I'm not either. That's what it means. That's where transformation becomes not fitting the Bible or church into our paradigm. It's wiping our paradigm clean and letting Jesus rewrite it from the beginning. Amen? That's what this is. When Jesus says, hey, you want to come follow me? You got to leave everything. Take up your cross. Come follow me. Basically, what he's saying is wipe the disk drive. And I'm going to teach you about priorities. I'm going to teach you about love. I'm going to teach you about relationships. I'm going to teach you about priorities so that you will one day, remember Great Commission, we are going to make disciples. We follow Jesus as Talmudin. The Great Commission is, hey, Talmudin, go make more Talmudin now that you're like me. That's the Great Commission. That's what we're supposed to be about, okay? And I share this with you just to kind of help us maybe reframe things as we move into the fall with all the busyness of life. Just taking a deep breath and going, okay, it's been a summer, we traveled, you know, a lot's happened. Let's just take a deep breath. Let me reorient myself as a citizen of heaven. As a citizen of heaven, right? And and I just want to encourage us, and and you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap this up. Jesus says this, right? His kingdom is not of this earth. But then he says something very interesting about his disciples. How many of you would like to be known as a disciple, a Talmudine of Jesus? Just in your life, right? Just in your life. Here's what Rabbi Jesus says. Here's what he says to those who want to be known as his disciples, right? Eileen, uh, we're going to jump all the way to John 13. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's towards the end, I, right before Andy Stanley's deal. All right, let me read it again. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Pretty simple, right? I mean, basic. Remember we talked about last Sunday, uh, if you're following a rabbi, the word yoke refers to his teaching. And Jesus says, my yoke is easy. He's talking about his teaching, his core teaching. So Jesus' teaching, his yoke, he says, you want to you you be known as a follower, a disciple of Jesus? Here it is. Love one another. That's his words. That's his words. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now that's the kicker. Just as I have loved you. Just as Jesus has loved you, me, I am called to love one another. And that's the testimony. According to Jesus' own words. That requires the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's why it's the powerful testimony. Because well, how did Jesus love us? The word is agape. Agape is self-sacrificial love. Okay? Agape love is that right there on the cross. Agape love is this. Self-sacrificial love for the benefit of the one being loved with nothing expected in return. Jesus says, if you will agape one another, the world will know that you're my disciples. Why? Because I agaped the world. For God so agaped the world that he gave his one and only son. We're not doing anything. He's not asking us to do anything that he didn't do already on the front end. So when we agape one another, others will go, where did I see that before? Oh, wait, Jesus What was the ultimate example of agape? Oh, wait, Jesus, you must be 
a disciple of his. Because you're just agape. You live a life of agape. Self-sacrificial love for the benefit of others with nothing in return. Now, how many of us, if we're honest in the flesh, we want to be self-sacrificial, but we keep count. We keep score. And we would like a little reciprocity. Anyone? A little, a little like, okay, you know, 99% I'm selfless, but by golly, couldn't you just? Anyone? Couldn't, couldn't you just, like, right? Right? I don't want to know, but okay, I get to, I, you, you, Josh, hang in there, buddy. Okay, so uh, what would happen in your home, in your marriage, in your friendships, if genuinely in the power of the Holy Spirit, you lived agape? One thing that would happen, you would be free of expectations from fallen man, even in your home. Now, you, it, it, to live agape also, I'm going to warn you, okay, it opens you up to extreme frustration and even woundedness and, and you get hurt because no one seemed to appreciate, no one said thank you and it's just take, 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 Can I get an amen from the parents in the house? Okay, woo, Aubrey, wow, okay. So, um, when you feel that way, It's agape. It's agape right there. We are to love one another. We are to agape as he agape does. I can't even, you know, they say Jesus was fully God and fully man. I, I still, now I even appreciate more of the garden. Like, how do you navigate that? You are, you are willingly submitting yourself to the Father's will to a, to a, uh, to a humankind That just, you know? And so at, at, at this point, you go, it's got to be a supernatural act. And that's the supernatural life he calls us to. In fact, you know, uh, Jordan a while back did this mini-series on First Sundays of one-anothering. There's over 50 one-anothers in the Bible. One-another, we're talking like church, between disciples, between believers, we're 50 of them. Some of them love one another, accept one another, serve one another, be patient, bearing with one another, smile at the person next to you, be patient, bearing, <laughs> bearing with one another, <laughs> encourage one another. Oh, how about this one? Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Whoa, okay, okay. See, if we did these one another's, this is when the world goes, what? No payback? What? You're not going to keep throwing it in their face? What? Just these one another's. This is what Jesus is saying. If we one another, right? Andy Stanley says this, the primary activity early of the early church was one anothering one another. Jesus says, you want to be known as my disciples? You want a testimony to the world? Love one another. Agape. Love in the Bible is a verb. It requires a choice. It requires intentionality. It's not just feelings, right? And so, even today, you have an, a chance, you have an opportunity when we, when we go next door and hang out for a little bit to agape one another. Self-sacrificially love. Happens all the time around here. I'm blessed, not just, not just by those who serve here on Sunday. I'm blessed when I hear that some of you uh, take each other to doctors and dentist appointments. I'm blessed when you do agape meals. I'm blessed when there's a need at a house and, and some of you will go cut the grass or you know, wrap up the swamp cooler or whatever you're going to do. I love that because that indicates to me that there's agape happening and people are responding to the church, the needs of the church and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's just love. That's the testimony. 
That's the testimony. Now, I love building homes and I love mission trips and all this kind of stuff. But the testimony here begins in Ojai if we love one another in Ojai. Amen? It starts here, even in your own house. A supernatural act can happen in your house today if you will choose to agape those in your house. What? I'm still mad at him. You want me to agape him? Well, why are you two setting apart? <laughs> oh, you're one another with Marvin instead of your wife. Okay, I got you. I just noticed that. And you're not even at the edge. You're like two away. How many would love to see Jordan like get up and go sit next to his wife to want to? Jordan. Jordan. Supernatural act, bro. Supernatural act. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. You're welcome. That was just bonus. Are you okay? Marvin, Marvin is now saddened, so someone else will later will need to one another with Marvin. See, that's family. That's just family. This is what we do. We laugh. We cry. We, we, we deal with COVID. We're going to deal with the fall and into 2023. We're going to do it together. We're not going to do it perfectly, but Lord willing, we're going to do it in, in his power to agape one another. Okay, I, I've been doing this 30 years, and I can't tell you how many toes I've stepped on, how many times I've had to apologize for words that came out of my mouth in the heat of a moment, how many like shoulda, woulda, couldas. Yeah, uh, the learning curve is steep when you're on this side of the mic, and, and, you know, I get it. But we're called to press on. And as imperfectly as we all are, uh, we just want the well to be known as a place of agape love. Because that's what Jesus says. If, if, if we want to be known as Jesus' disciples in Ojai, let's just love one another like Rabbi Jesus says. Amen? Right? And, and then finally, what we do as citizens of heaven, one of the really cool things we have an opportunity to do, 1 Corinthians 10 says this. When we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. Okay, now, because of COVID and everything, you know, we transitioned into cups and it's all very clean and everything. But what this is saying is that when you come to the communion table and you would share, take a piece of of the loaf and share the wine, what you're doing publicly, demonstrating, you're saying, I'm a citizen of heaven too. I'm a member of the body of Christ too. I'm a participant, right? Communion is a special time for you, for us, to actually demonstrate unity, to demonstrate that I'm a follower too, that I'm here in the body of Christ with you, to love you, encourage you, bear your burdens. I'm here too. Communion is a very powerful moment. And sometimes what we do is we, again, and there's times for this, we give you your communion cups in the rows and we want it to be a very personal time, a very individual time. That has its place. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But if we do that too much, we forget that coming down the aisle and taking communion signifies, hey world, I'm a citizen of heaven. I have put my faith in Jesus. I am born again. My sins are forgiven. My name is written in the book of life. I am taking this in remembrance of my Savior, who I'm waiting for. And it's a powerful moment even to remember whatever you're going through, you're not alone. You're part of the body of Christ forever. Like if you're sitting next to a believer, just say, you're stuck with me forever, forever, right? It's a forever and every week when you take communion, it's a celebration of forever. Amen? It's a celebration. I get the, the quiet and I get the prayer time. And I'm, again, there's a place for that. 
And so what we've decided to do uh, on, on Sundays, because, you know, I understand some of your weeks can be really heavy. And, and sometimes, you know, I share with people my perspective on a Sunday is different because I'm privileged to kind of be aware of what's going on in lives. So I sit here and I see you and I know what's going on. And many of you don't know what's going on in the person next to you or in front of you. So I get that sometimes you come here and you just need to sit. And you need a place of safety and of solitude from the craziness that's waiting for you outside these doors. I 100% get that. Other times you want to come and you want to say, like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, this is great, church family. Yes. So what we're going to do, it's not, we decided, I decided is for communion, each Sunday, we're going to have the table up here. You can come up corporately. Invite you to, especially today in light of Citizen of Heaven. But if you're at a place and you just want communion and you need to just sit and remember Jesus in your seat, 100% fine. We're not going to try to over-program this. Sometimes in church we try to over-program it and, let, and we, <laughs> then we like, Holy Spirit, can you just, we got this. Now, today for communion, the table is here. In light of the message, I invite you to come up as citizens of heaven and declare here on camera, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm coming up. I put my faith in Jesus. He says, do this in remembrance of him. Okay, I'm doing that. If you need to sit and have communion in your seat because it's been one of those weeks or it's one of those seasons, then by all means sit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you in your seat because that's why you're here today. Okay, so let's pray. Lord, thank you for our time. And yeah, there is, there is a lot happening and it's very easy to set our minds on earthly things. But in Philippians 3.20, the Apostle Paul says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And so, Father, as we prepare for communion, ask you, search our hearts. If we've been setting our mind too much on the things of earth to the neglect of the things of heaven, we ask your forgiveness. If we've lost perspective for living in fear, discouragement, depression, bondage, discouragement, whatever it might be, Father, I pray that today we would find freedom in Christ. I pray that being reminded of our citizenship in heaven, being reminded that all is good because our name is written in the book of life eternally, that perhaps you would bring comfort and even renewed joy to many of my brothers and sisters. And for those here and those listening who, who don't know Christ, I pray that this morning you would put your faith in Jesus. The best way you know how is come to Jesus, put your faith in him. It's your Savior, Lord. Believe on him and you will be saved. I pray you would do that. So in this time of communion, it's really your time. We play a a song. The lyrics will be up on the screens. And and when you're ready, you can come up and get a cup if you want, or you can take communion in your seat. But above all, please, let this be your time and do it in remembrance of Jesus. Amen. So uh, welcome. It is the first Sunday. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Richie. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here at the well. And it's first Sunday. And first Sunday is family service, and we have some fun things planned uh, next door in the commons and out in the back uh, after service. And we just want to welcome you. Uh, we do have a church website, an app, church app. If you're interested in downloading that, you can see um, the younger generation, and they can help you with that. Um, information cards there, prayer request cards in the rows right in front of you. Uh, we just love to get to know you. If you have any questions about the church, please let us know. And... Um, We're glad to spend some time with you. All right. We have a few announcements coming up into fall. Kathy, you want to come on up? This is Kathy Bodicombe. She's the ministry lead for women's ministry, and she's going to speak about the fall. Good morning. Um, I guess I'm not going up there. Um, I just wanted to let you know what uh, uh, is being offered through women's ministry, Bible studies for women. There will be a few this fall. 
Uh, we can sign up. There is a sign-up sheet on the cart. Uh, Mondays uh, mornings are just kind of on a break for a little while, just to let you know. But again, if you're interested in joining uh, in the future, go ahead and sign up. The sign-ups are really kind of for... Um, newer people that would like to join. If you've already been going to a study and will continue going, your facilitator has probably gotten in touch with you already. So, But if you're newer and you'd like to join one of these studies, please sign up. So that was Mondays. Monday evenings um, are starting October 3rd, and we're studying the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Tuesdays at 2 on Zoom are continuing the book of James Hopefully that's right, Cindy. Um, Thursdays, uh, 6.30, um, studying Exodus, starting that on September 15th. Um, so um, love for you to come to join us to learn, to grow, and to give. Because what um, you learn uh, from the Lord teaching you about scripture is what you give that I learn as well. I want to do one other thing, seeing Nadine with her granddaughter, I am taking a photo. <laughs> so Nadine, from one grandmother to another, love you. <laughs> All right, Matt. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Um, I've got a quick announcement about uh, life choices. Uh, there are local pregnancy uh, resource center uh, they provide resources to uh, pregnant women who uh, need help uh, before birth and after. And they're having a, um, a fundraiser coming up here. I believe it's on the 24th. Thank goodness that it's up on the screen. Uh, 24th. At 8.30 a.m., there's going to be registration. They make it really simple. You show up and register, and you walk. And uh, you can show support there. Uh, it's an opportunity to pray with, with everyone there and to just see what they do. So, yeah, 24th, that's what's going on there for uh, Life Choices. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan. I am the youth director here at The Well, and I have just a few youth announcements for us. First, uh, there is no Bible study this Tuesday, uh, so we will not be meeting uh, for that. And the reason is because we'll be having home group uh, at the Body Combs on Wednesday, which will, is the 7th. We'll be doing that from 6 to 8. We're going to have some food, pizza. Uh, snacks, some games, swimming in the swimming pool, because I'm sure it'll be pretty hot. So, you know, come accordingly. If you have any questions, you guys can always reach out to me with that. Uh, and then a reminder, we are having our Reality Student Apologetics Conference. All right, we, we're going to that. Uh, September 23rd to the 4th, so it's going to be uh, one night. We'll be staying there. Uh, the prices are going to go up again on, it looks like, the 9th. Uh, so if you want to sign up, it's 110. Uh, and then it'll be 120 after that up until uh, we end up leaving. So if you have any questions about that, uh, please just contact me. We already have a bunch of students going. Uh, and I've had some people that have gone, and they said it's great. Uh, I'm really excited. So again, if you have any questions, uh, see me afterwards. And finally, uh, we do have a fall calendar uh, for you. If you want to get that, it's out on the cart. It's the next three months of what we're doing. It has all the you know, youth groups, home groups, the apologetics conference. It's all in there. Uh, so check that out. Um, and again, if you have any more questions about youth stuff, you can email me, you can you know, text me, get a hold of me after service, anything like that. So now it is um, on to Richie. A couple opportunities uh, moving into the fall for you uh, to serve, participate actively. You know, we, we regularly say, you know, uh, if you're part of a local church, God has gifted you, whether it's a spiritual gift, talent, resource. And uh, we all have a part to play. And uh, sometimes it's up here. Sometimes it's behind the scenes. You know, there's a team that gets here 8 o'clock every Sunday. And, you know, the donuts and the cheese and the coffee and everything, somehow after service, they're always there. It's because people serve faithfully, and they bless others. And uh, into the fall, we have an opportunity. A couple weeks ago, Cindy Mullins uh, came up, and she's our new director of Agape Meals. Agape Meals is a ministry where... Because uh, of life circumstances, maybe it's a childbirth, maybe it's an illness, uh, where someone or a family needs meals. It's a very practical, very real way to bless others who are just kind of um, in transition or having a hard time or even just celebrating the, the birth and addition of a new, a new one in the home. And so we come alongside for a week or so, 
if you're interested and that's your gift and you would love to bless someone by making a meal, uh, please sign up and you can talk to Pastor Tyler or Cindy uh, about that. Okay, uh, Kingdom Kids, you know, um, you kind of hear from, hear from us regularly. It's an incredible ministry. Kim and Tina and her whole team do a phenomenal job. They, they absolutely love the kids here at the well. Uh, but if you've been in church any length of time, you know how hard it is to get volunteers in there. Um, you know, everyone wants to be here and, you know, you're with your kids all week and it's like, uh, you know, um, but we do ask seriously, uh, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a way to come alongside that team that loves your kids, prays for your kids. Uh, so again, pray about it. There's also Linda does a great job with the nursery. Uh, there's all different levels. So we encourage you really, if this is your church home, it's a, it's an opportunity to serve and to participate and just be a part of what God is doing in some practical ways.